Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for my first episode. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tiffany Scarmana. Tiffany is a nature-loving ginger who is originally from the West Coast, and according to her, she's been in Connecticut for way too long. She is a professional makeup artist for the past 16 years, and she's worked in everything from special events to editorial to TV, which is actually how her and I met. She is spiritually ignited through all things music, food, the moon, and her connection with others. Her wish is to one day have her own coffee house with a Northern Cali vibe. And knowing Tiffany personally, there is no doubt in my mind that she will make it happen. Okay, here's a little inside scoop for everybody. Not only is this my very first episode, but it's also my first interview. I knew from day one I wanted to have Tiffany on the podcast. She has been such a cheerleader of mine, always holding me accountable and calling me on my shit and just encouraging me to dream big. If you don't have a friend like this, I highly suggest you find one. So typically, I love to have guests who offer some type of healing service or modality that you guys can learn from, but also use towards your own healing. This is going to be a little bit different. I've known Tiffany for about 10 years, and just knowing her and how much she has achieved and overcome in her life is so inspiring to me as a friend, so I knew that I just needed to share it with all of you. We talk about Tiffany's journey to where she is now, growing up with a single mom who is in many abusive relationships, and how seeing that as a child has really helped to shape her into the woman she is today. She shares her story about finding her birth father when she was 37 years old, and I love hearing how trusting herself, trusting her intuition, and her instincts has guided her throughout her entire life. I just want to let you guys know there may be some triggers for some listeners as we do talk about domestic violence and drug use. With that being said, I'm so beyond excited to bring you this amazing story. So let's dive in to this week's episode with Tiffany. This is Clarity Through Chaos, and I'm your host, Fiona Hardwick. This podcast features unscripted conversations that uncover and celebrate the chaos that has helped us to transform our greatest fears and vulnerabilities into clarity. Through spirituality, you know, the woo-woo kind, and self-development, because I just love to be practical, we are going to take a look at what has helped us to step into our own unique power, allowing for us to transform our most important relationship, the relationship to ourselves. Together, because I know you're ready, we're going to dive in to the chaos and find our clarity. So thanks so much. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. How long ago did we say we were going to start a podcast? Oh my God. It's been forever. Like years. Yeah. And I feel so very profesh and fancy and grown up sitting here with you (laughs) with this whole setup. So, and I literally was like, Tiffany, you're going to be my first person I interview. I don't know if I believed you though. I was like, maybe she'll forget about me. (laughs) Maybe she'll move on to somebody else and it's totally fine. I won't be offended. No, but I, first of all, I love you because you're my bestie. I love you too. And also Corona 2020. Let's talk about 2020 really quick. Oh God. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. And you know what? It's like, you can't, I mean, there was a moment where I was really fighting it, as you know, because I'm used to being on a plane. I'm used to traveling. I'm used to working a ton, always having something on my agenda, my calendar. And then all of a sudden it just got wiped clean. Yep. 
And I literally, I remember sitting here looking around going, oh my God, I don't think I've spent this much time with myself since I was a child and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but now looking back and I'm, I don't know how you are too, I'm so thankful for this forced pause we've been kind of pushed into. Totally. Yeah. And even though there's a lot of heartbreaking things that happen, like with me, like losing Autumn, our cat, and I mean, just not knowing what life, the uncertainty of life and right. what that means. Right. There's so many things that I've learned. And I actually am surprised of how much time I love to have with myself and to be home and to garden and to cook and to spend time with my husband and us kind of getting to know each other more and just thinking about life in general, like what makes life life, right? It's not grinding and hustling until you're tired and then getting up and repeating. That's not life. Yeah. And yeah. I thought about too, I was like, why do I love traveling and vacationing so much? It's because you're experiencing life. Like, yeah. wow. You're what pausing. A, what an epiphany. I mean, Jesus. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to say Jesus a lot. Love him, but I use your name in vain way too much, and I'm sorry, so don't strike me down. Okay. All the disclaimers, all the disclaimers. Please let me disclaim that right off the bat. Oh, my gosh. So a couple things you brought up there. First of all, the pause and, like, the mm -hmm. quiet time, the reflection time. Like, that, I think, from the outside looking in, because I know how you are. I know mm -hmm. how you're always moving, going, doing things. Like, you had a really hard time with that. And I wonder, like, what do you think that was from? Like, where do you think that, you know, trying to hide behind the busy calendar? You know, I think it, well, one, let me disclaim this. Um, God definitely had a plan for me and he knew how stubborn I was. So when I was playing tennis, he made me fall <laughs> and tear my ankle and my wrist. So I had no other reason but to sit my ass on the right. couch. Because you still like that was part of you fighting it. You're like, all right, I'm no, going to yeah, be home. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. We're you this. started working out all the yeah. time. You're like, no. oh, yeah, I'm going to be a go back to my high school tennis playing days. And, and then the universe said, no. It was like, no, bitch, sit down. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, I think what it is, is it really does stem from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And it's because I saw how hard my mom worked as a single mom. There were times where she had three jobs. I mean, she never even made it to a single one of my tennis matches because right. she was working so much. And it's not to a fault of her own. It's because she was just trying to survive. And she's trying to prove a lot of things to herself, too. Yeah. That I didn't realize that until now. But I'm kind of doing the same thing. So it's almost like these forced learned behavior that you're put into. And I'm like, I got to I gotta save. I got to do that. You know me. I'm like, okay, now I got to get this paid off. And it's like every single week I'm like redoing my budget. To the point, I remember being out in the yard and kind of watering the garden. I've totally turned into my aunt, by the way, because this is like, <laughs> it's like my meditation that I walk through the yard yeah. and, and I had this voice pop into my head saying, you will not do a budget this month. You will wow. not write down a single number. You will trust that it will all work out. Wow. And once I listened to that voice, because, you know, my stubbornness kicked in, I was like, whatever. Like, what is this voice in my head right now? I was like, okay, I'm not going to. And I felt this weight lifted off my shoulders. You would think 
my old mind would say, oh, yeah, right. You're going to be more stressed because you don't know. Right. Of course. But we all know what we should and shouldn't be spending. Yeah. Like we yeah. all know what we need and what we want. <laughs> and when you start Especially to, when you're so dialed in. And like you said, every month, every week, you're budgeting. Every, and and I'm just like, Tiffany. And I, I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, Tiffany, you could die tomorrow. And what if you lived your whole life just budgeting? <laughs> And I'm really like, good point. oh my God, like that's so depressing <laughs> to think about that. And it's a reality, you know, I am so conscious and insecure of, I think that's why it took me so long to have, like, even think about wanting to get pregnant. Yeah. By the record, I'm not pregnant. All free. That <laughs> well, will listen and be like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> as we're recording this, you're not pregnant. Correct. Yeah. But because who knows? the flow is strong right now. So <laughs> we know that's not happening, but you never know. We're trying. But it's like, I waited so long because one, I I wanted my child to not know the stress of not having money, of right. not having food, right. of, of seeing me like grind so hard. I want him or her to see me at those, you know, if they play tennis, that'd be great, but whatever <laughs> sport they choose or, you know, a recital yeah, or anything, right. I want to be that face out in the audience. Yeah. I don't want them to know that stress. And I felt that stress from day one. Yeah. And even though I had my grandparents, which is so funny because they were my lifeline, yeah. I still saw enough to know that stress. So I think that's what pushes me yeah. into that crazy grind. Let's rewind a little bit. So mom, single mom. Yes. Uh, grandparents were a big part of your life. Huge. What did it look like? Were, did you guys live together? Were they just... Uh, very present, like you live close so, by. So what's funny is, you know, my mom was the baby out of five kids. Wow. So, yep. And she always, you know, my grandparents were always like taking care of her and always kind of, you know, she's the baby. Yeah. I of mean, course. Devin's going to be like that for you. She's going to be the baby. <laughs> so um, we lived with my grandparents, I, I think till I was like maybe five and, I, and my mom got in a really bad, like, it's the first serious abusive relationship I remember from my memory. Okay. Um, and we moved out. We moved in with this man. And then it's like, that was a whole shit show. Then we would move back in with my grandparents. And then at the age of eight, we all together left San Diego, Chula Vista, and went to a small town in Arizona, Prescott. Because my grandmother wanted us to get out of... San Diego is getting really bad because of the border and the crime and all that. She wanted to raise me in a small town kind of environment where yeah. she knew I'd be safe. Yeah. Um, and so we all went there together and we lived together. And I together. wonder too if she maybe wanted that for your mom as well. Like to kind of get her away from the distractions of yeah. the city. Yeah. And I also think my grandmother was always chasing after something. I think it, it it's something that I find is a pattern like with my mom and I felt it for a very long time too until I was like, you know what, I need to break this. Yeah. It's kind of it's one of those things of not facing your demons or your insecurities or your fears. Right. And instead just kind of running away and trying to find something that will just make you forget about it. Right. So I think that was like a lot of that. 
But then once we moved to Arizona, I was kind of on again, off again with my grandparents until they left my sophomore year of high school. And they actually were like, okay, we feel like your mom's stable, even though she wasn't. (laughs) And they moved to Idaho of all places. I was like, I don't even know why, but it was beautiful. So fine. And then I would go just live with them for the summer. And then I would come back. Um, and then I left Arizona to Connecticut when I was 21 in 2001. So that's kind of that in a nutshell. And interwoven throughout all those years were a lot of um, disruption and chaos, like with my mom and the relationships that she had with men. Right. What so, was the first, like like you said, okay, the first relationship you remember was pretty San abusive. Diego. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, that was the first time I remember feeling very fearful for my life. Because I witnessed him throw her up against the wall and put a knife to her throat. Right. And I also realized a very strong defense mechanism that I had built inside me. And that was the ability to escape in my mind. I was able to literally put myself somewhere in my imagination, this box, this whole another world that really protected me. Yeah. And then as I got older, he actually... The day before they were supposed to get married, she found out he was already married and had kids. His oh, dad, God. his dad ratted him out. <laughs> his his dad was a, a kind man, and that's also another thing I realized. I didn't realize it until I was older, mm-hmm. but I realized from that young age, I was able to read people. Yeah, I could sense their soul and like if they were a good person or not, and their yeah. intentions. So and you I saw, knew you. Oh, could I saw that guy. I right saw away. that guy from a mile away. I was like, this guy's no good. And, and you I were was five. Little. I was five. But that's how, like, children are the best judge of character. Anytime my kids are like, "Mm, I don't know, mom, I don't even question it. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm going based on you. Because adults, we get clouded. We We get clouded with the work and the stress and this and then that. Outside, you know, opinions, like all of that. And that make you question your own inner instinct. And a lot, listen, we're all built with instinct. Yes. Intuition, survival yep. skills, yep. all these things. We just rely on so much of so many resources yeah. other than our internal ones. That is so that we become true. kind of lazy and so disconnected from who we are internally. Yep. Who God has built us to be. Yep. So I think, you know, as an adult when I'm able to like really look at things and, you know, I have a more broad sense of wisdom and like what I'm feeling and what I'm going through, I was able to see like little Tiffany saw shit coming (laughs) and she was not having it because I also had this other strong contrast to my grandfather who was so the kindest soul that I will ever, ever meet in my life. Right. Such a good human, like just that old school, that generation, he came from the generation of the depression he knew what it was like to live off of like a can of beans. Yep. And he was such a wholesome, would open the door for women and would just right. do whatever he could to supply for his family. I saw my grandfather's energy and it like when I looked at him, it was just like this rainbow, like gold around yeah. him. And then yeah. I would see darkness around these other guys. Of course. And I was like, okay. There's something ain't right. What do you think attracted your mom to that kind of pattern? Because it wasn't just like one time. Like she continuously. Yeah, and it's had so funny because people are like, "Well, maybe it was a relationship with her dad." I'm like, "No way." Right. I, I hands down, no way. Right. I think it could be. I know that when she was growing up, like she was a little bit 
not fat, but she was just like a little bit thicker. She had her baby weight for way too long. Mm -hmm. And then when she hit her senior year, the braces came off. Homegirl had a body. (laughs) Uh And all the boys are like, hey. (laughs) So I think with that, she, I, you know, I think some people like our DNA and how we are, some of us just have more insecurities than others. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it is because of something. It's just because that's just who we are and it's okay. Right. And I don't think there always has to be an explanation or this deep, you know, dig of who, you know, what is this? Where is this rooted? I think that just might be who she is. That's very true. And being the baby, mm-hmm. stuff happens. Like, okay, here's the side topic. Not really. But do you believe, like, I believe in reincarnation. So I'm almost like, okay, if something you didn't fulfill in your last lifetime, like maybe now you're here to pursue that and explore that. So I wonder if there's some kind of like karmic thing that she's kind of had to work through. I totally believe in that because there's just way too many flashbacks, deja vus or weird connections to places like I've never been for, Mm -hmm. you know, before. So I definitely think, I, I believe in that. Yeah. So I also think that my grandmother herself was a very kind of tortured soul in a way. And I wonder sometimes if that kept her from being... She was so loving and caring with me. And I think she was trying to make up for maybe what she wasn't with her daughters. Got it. Because she saw maybe stuff, how strong they were, something in them that she wishes she had. And it was like this threatened territorial thing. Even though if you met her, you would never think that. But I think that was a battle she was having in her own soul. So when I came along... It's like, we need to take this baby. We need to protect her. We need to do everything for her and we need to make it right. Right. You know, which I feel is natural, you know, yeah, for grandparents. Yeah, that's like I what think, grandparents but. do. And I think, too, that generation, women weren't really, and even men, you weren't allowed to be who you really wanted to be. It right. was very systematic. It was very like, oh, well, this is what all the women do. This is what all the men you do. You don't talk about your feelings with that generation. Correct. You sweep Correct. it under the rug and pretend it never <laughs> Yeah, happened. you're still surviving. Like you said, your yeah. grandfather was in the Great Depression. Like, survival is number one. Emotions yes. were not really considered. So, I don't have a definite answer, like, where that was rooted. Mm-hmm. But I just know there was a continuous pattern. Mm-hmm. And that first relationship in San Diego, if we are going to compare it to what happened in Arizona, was nothing. It was nothing. It was like uh, just a bad first date. <laughs> oh god! If we compare it to where she went when she when she got up in Arizona and hooked up with that guy, and that was a a good sec like six or seven years of just hell. And how old were you during that? So I was eight when I moved to Arizona, and she met him probably a good year after we lived there, mm-hmm. and it went on till I was. A sophomore in high school. So that's a good span of time. Uh, Yeah. And he was a very, he was a big, just think of big old biker guy like Harley Davidson. He was, um, he was in which war? Vietnam. So he was in, he had a lot, he was a tormented soul. Yeah. You know, and I can see that he had a lot of demons. Of course. And he chose his vices and drugs were one of them. Right. And that's how my mom really got wrapped into um, speed, like, you know, uh, cocaine, meth, stuff like that. And it's so funny. Cause when I look back, when you, 
meet her, you wouldn't think that she was doing any of those things. Right. I don't think she was in as hard as he was. And also there was just an abusive level to him, like verbally, physically. The first time I met him, I should have known about this. He brought me a Garth Brooks poster. Um, I'm sorry. Like, I love country music growing up in Arizona, but I draw the line. Like, no young child that's, like, 9 or 10 wants a Garth no. Brooks poster. Like, buy no. me a Whitney Houston poster. Like, buy me <laughs> Tiffany. Buy me, like, Paula Abdul. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah. Garth Brooks. So I hunt out my wall out of respect to my mom and I literally probably motherfucked that <laughs> poster every time I went to bed I was like oh my this god guy. get out of here so I but I saw when I first met him I'll never forget like I felt uncomfortable in my own skin when I met him wow I just if I if I knew what was to come I would have literally this sounds bad but I would have plotted his death right and because that was like as a child. It was it was all this time that was lost between my mom and I. Mm-hmm. It was all this destruction that I witnessed. It was all the things that really... But I guess, you know, again, I, I'm a firm believer, and you know this, like, I won't change anything. Right. Because it's made me who I am. And I firmly believe that with anyone. Of course. Um, but, God... If I had a choice in that moment, <laughs> I might Now, <laughs> during that time, did the three of you live together? So my mom finally, like, got enough to so to kind of, like, backtrack, got enough to move out of my grandparents' house. They were living in a nice little quaint neighborhood in the country club on the golf course. It was like, I love the house. And she's like, okay, we're going to go here. And we were living in, like, low-income housing, which was a whole other, like, carnival within mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. And... He, they met, and you know, when my mom fell in love, she fell hard. Right. She loved love. Yeah. Still does. Yeah. But she just, I don't think she's been so destroyed by relationships. I don't know if she'll ever be in one again, which is sad to me. But he moved in. He had two kids from a previous relationship. And it was just like all of a sudden being excited that my mom and I are finally together again because the last time didn't go so well in San Diego with Homeboy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, then it was like, okay, you you get pushed into this life that is someone else's and forced to merge lives together. And that is like so traumatic. It's and so it traumatic. it really needs to happen like little by little, especially at that age. Nine years old, like you you know what's going on. I know what's going on. You of course, I'm routine. bitter because I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, and I'm, here's the thing. Let's be real. I'm real raw, almost to a fault sometimes. It's like, I'm growing up. I'm I'm ten or whatever. I'm hearing them like have sex. I don't want to hear. Who fucking wants to hear that? (laughs) Okay, number one. I never tell you the first time. This is a great story. I love it. Like (laughs) I'm in my room. I can hear them going at it. I open the door to their bedroom, and I yell at my mom, "You whore!" Oh no! Slam the door. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) And then run out, and she puts on a robe. Tiffany Ann, you get back here. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you, you whore. (laughs) And I remember shutting myself in the community laundry room, and she's banging on the door, and she's like, Tiffany, because the way that I found out about how people have sex. If anyone that is born in the 1980s can relate to this, <laughs> it's so traumatic. I might have shown you the picture. It's called a book. Google it now after you listen to this. Where did I come from? 
And you're going to see this illustrated book. Oh, no. Of these two people that this is what I thought sex was like. And you should read it. And I actually want to torture all children across <laughs> the world because I think everyone needs to read this book because I want to, I want a, like a support group. And you tell me if you wouldn't be traumatized after reading this book. The illustrations, it's like so traumatizing. So for me, sex and that too, sex became a very like dirty thing. Right. And it really like that stuck with me throughout like adulthood too. Right. Like it, it's like my personality wanted to be like very sexual and like comfortable with my mm-hmm. sexuality, but I really wasn't. Right. Because it just was something like I looked at my mom I'm like, ew, how could you be, you know, with someone like that? Or you give me this book and oh my God, that was traumatizing a little. But so he was there all the time, all the time. Like didn't have a job. I think he, I think he had a job, but I think maybe in construction or something like that. Right. It was like on um, and off kind but, of work. But, you know, yeah. weekends when I would get to see my mom, his kids would be with us. And, you know, you know, the honeymoon phase is so fun in the beginning of relationships, but that thing probably lasted maybe two weeks and it got in, he started to kind of show his true colors. And also there was not enough food in our house. Because either there was more people and my mom couldn't afford to keep up. And they're also using their money for drug money. Right. So all of a sudden, that food money started to dissipate. And we had to rely on, like, Catholic social services. And I remember just, like, opening the cupboards, being so hungry, and there's peanut butter. Yeah. And I would call my grandmother sometimes and be like, can you or grandpa come pick me up and take me to McDonald's before school? Because I was very fortunate to have my grandfather. He worked at my elementary school. Oh. And I, I didn't want to rat at my mom. Of course. Because I also you had like this special time with her finally. And I also didn't want to piss off him because I saw what he was capable of. That makes and sense. And he was a big man and he was abusive. And I wasn't scared of him. I just didn't want him to take it out on my mom. Yeah. He never tried with me. And I honestly think it's because he saw who I was. Right. That I saw him for what he was. Right. And I was like, come for me, bitch. (laughs) Come for me. It's so interesting (laughs) how as kids we can see those things and how adults see us and the dynamic of like, you know, you love your mom so much. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you say something to your grandparents, she's going to get in trouble and it's going to affect your relationship with her, you know, because even before him, I won't even say his name anymore and give him credit, Mm -hmm. but even before him, she was in a relationship, a friendly relationship, um, with a female and her sister. And that kind of actually started a lot of the introduction of drugs into my life. It wasn't that my mom was doing them at that point, Mm -hmm. but her friends, sisters, whole friends would come move in and hang out with us and they would eat all our food. And I think they were doing mostly weed. Yeah. So whatever. But I remember my grandmother came to pick me up one day and some guy that she did not know answered the door and she's like, where the fuck is my granddaughter? Yeah. That would have ripped me me out of there. And my grandmother just dropped off uh, groceries the day before and they were all gone. Oh, it's just like, nope. So, you know, I also saw that, that very motherly territorial thing in my grandmother that I didn't see in my mom. Right. And I think that was the toughest part for me because I wanted it so desperately in my mother. And how old was your mom when she had you? She got pregnant in 19. 
but delivered at 20. Okay. But I think developed wise, I feel like she was just young. Yeah. Still mentally and very driven by hormones as so many of us are at that age. Um, (laughs) But it was that, it was that um, very uh, territorial maternal and or paternal too with my grandfather that I saw this protective that I wanted to see so desperately in her. And the thing is, is that it was just her. Right. There was no dad to help the situation yeah. to say, you're not being the proper mother. Tiffany's coming with me. Right. It was just her. And that was going to be my, my next uh, question here is where was your dad? <laughs> The biggest question ever. <laughs> of your life. Of my life. Um, yeah, I mean, he was not there. And that, and any time I question it, it was just put to bed. Mm. The first time I realized the story that was told to me was a lie was from when him went to try to find him to get child support so they could basically get drug money. I came home from, I was in middle school at this point. I came home and there was two papers on the table. One said the man's name that I was told was my father this whole time. And then there was another name. And I was like, who's this person? And he's like, that's, that could possibly be your dad. I was like, I thought so this. So this is the guy that your mom is dating. Yes. Is- we'll, we'll refer to as him. Okay. Yeah. The really, the, the long relationship, the six, seven years that they were together. Um, so he was after trying to find my father so they could get child support. Oh, wow. Because they were running out of drug money. They need to get their fix. Like, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, so up until that point, what was the story? Like, when you would ask your mom, oh, where's my dad? Who is he? Whatever. I told Blood you, in. like, I don't know where he is. Like, we met at boot camp. We had, you know, a one-night thing. And I never tried to contact him. That was Because I don't know how. And that was it. And that's hmm. all I was told. And even when I would ask my grandparents, they told me the same story. So I was like, all right, well, what am I supposed to believe? Like, right. I'm not Nancy Drew at like the age of, you know, five or six. So, I mean, there was no internet. Like, I didn't even know how the skills, if there were, to do it. Yeah, so, of course. Um, that was the first time I remember we had a tiny little single wide trailer that we were living in with a doorbell on the bathroom. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, and he was in there. It was a one bedroom. My mom slept on the couch and he would come stay with us. And we were about 10 minutes from my grandparents. So that was nice. So at least I could escape if I needed to. But I remember in this tiny, cold, drafty trailer, just standing there looking at these two pieces of paper being like, wait, what? Yeah. Now you have a, a name, a face. You have two names and faces that you didn't so, have before. But I remember that urge like, oh, no, no, no. Someone's lying to me. Like this, how, oh. how is this okay? Right? I remember feeling that way. So, of course, I questioned my mom. And that's when she goes, actually, it could be a couple different. I don't know. And I remember being angry at her. Yeah. How do you not know? who you slept with right because like, doesn't everyone old? doesn't everyone know <laughs> come on no they don't there's a lot of people that don't but and that's how fine. old were you at that point i was in middle school so that puts me at like 11 12 wow yeah and that's when i really now i'm mad now i'm questioning everyone of course <laughs> i'm coming after pappy my grandfather my grandmother my aunt like everyone yeah. someone's not telling me something and now i'm mad 
But they all kind of put it to bed and they just kind of pushed it away. Mm. And I I lived with that anger the rest of my childhood into my adulthood. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, people don't understand. Listen, we're all sexual human beings. We're all going to have not a perfect sex life. I get that. But you have to realize if a child comes out of that, you have a responsibility and a respect and you owe that child an answer and the truth. And I wasn't getting that. Yeah. And I knew in my internal witch vibe that there was way (laughs) more than people were telling me. So I kind of just stored it away and thought, I'm going to find him one day. And I would create all these stories in my head of who he was and where he was. And as every moment that went on in my life, like very milestone moments, I always thought about him in the back of my head because I'm like, wow, I wonder what it would be like if my dad was here. I wonder would I be in the situation if my dad was here. Right. Were you kind of looking for your knight in shining armor? Like he was my knight. He could help Even me. though I had my grandfather. Of course. But my grandfather was... Again, he wasn't an emotionalist person. He was very loving and caring, but you didn't talk about emotions. Yeah. It made him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And he was my grandfather. You want right. him to just be your grandfather. Right. Right. And I knew at a very, listen, I knew at a very young age that I didn't have a dad and I was different. I mean, that happened to me in like kindergarten. I understood that. And I thought, well, maybe this is just who I am. This is my story. But when you know that you've been lied to, it's a whole different, it's a whole nother bag of tricks, and I was out for people. <laughs> you were not. I'm taking it. you all down because now I'm mad. Yeah, of and course. I lived with that anger, and of that course. anger ju- definitely like festered and and built something within me, right? That I didn't realize until much later. So when you were a child, mm-hmm. did you feel like you were powerful? I did when it came towards men. Okay. And protecting my mother, okay. I felt very powerful. And you felt like you needed to do that. I needed to do it. She was like my child. I needed to protect her. Yeah. I had to. I also felt a very um, something spiritually on the other realm mm-hmm. that I knew I was kind of sensitive to. And I needed to be powerful up against that, especially with my grandmother. I felt like she was very like tortured from the other side and... I could feel that and I had to protect her. Didn't quite understand what it was until I got older. But but when it came to defending myself, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. I didn't totally feel different. powerful at all. I needed someone to, to do it for me. So, and I definitely feel like that um, when it came to boys, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I would just let them be and treat me however they wanted to, even though I was like, oh, hell no. One day, if I'm ever with a guy and he tries to hit me or say this or say that, I'm going to kill him. Of course. And I mean, I definitely still feel that way. But when I was younger, I would let guys just, I don't know, just be not nice to me and not stick up to myself. Right. But I think, you know, it's probably how a lot of us are at that age. But yeah. And I think too, it's like being, being comfortable with who you are. Oh and yeah. And being like, no, I don't like that. Like, I'm not gonna hang out with you. I don't like how you're acting. Now the whatever. real story is Tiffany now. <laughs> to go back to <laughs> Tiffany then, and y'all better watch out. Right? Hindsight's always 
2020. Because I ain't <laughs> dealing with any of your bullshit. I'm going to put you all in your place. Yep. And love who I want to love. Hang out with who, who I want to hang out with. And if people have an opinion about it, I don't really care. Right. And that's right. how I am now. <laughs> okay. So back to this whole thing with your dad. Mm-hmm. So you knew in the back of your head you always had a feeling like one day you'll find him. Right? Yeah. When did you really want to start actually looking? Like, was there a feeling of like, yeah, let's do this? Or was it something that you were like, maybe I don't want to know? I think when I got to high school, I felt the urge to keep asking my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it, it, it went away. So I really think the biggest urge ever was after losing my grandfather because all of a sudden the man that I had as my everything, my rock, my role model, every father, the the biggest father figure that I've had in my life was gone. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, I'm like, now what, what do I have? Right. And how old were you when he passed in 2013? I'm so bad with numbers. I'm like, how old was I? Me too. (laughs) Me too. <laughs> Y'all can do the math. <laughs> but it will be seven years that he has been gone. So I... So you're like early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember asking him about my dad. Oh, and he was just, you know, we we didn't ha- feel a need, you know, to really maybe find him. We didn't know where to find. And you were fine. You were fine. They kept and saying you were fine. a story you told me. I don't know if you had overheard them or... So when I really started digging mm-hmm. the first time after my grandfather um, had died, I found out, I'd spoken to my aunt and she told me, she said, she was like, well, and then I think I talked to my mom too, that when my mom, so my, my parents met at boot camp in Sacramento, outside of Sacramento, they were hot shots, okay. firefighters. And my mom was like heavily pursuing my dad, I heard, and they had a one night stand. She found out she was pregnant. And on Halloween night, it was like raining. Her roommate took her to the bus stop. She left, never told anyone. Her roommate knew. And that's about it. Wow. Knock, knock, knock. Back at my grandparents' door. Hi, I'm pregnant. Bring her in. And that was kind of it. Right. But the story gets better. I later find out how many years later. <laughs> like I said, you guys can do the math. She... Had left, packed me up, was leaving San Diego, driving to Sacramento to try to go find him. Oh, wow. And she got freaked out. She turned back around, went back home to my grandparents. They sat her down. And it was my grandfather who said, why do you need to find him? Tiffany is fine. She has us. She has your sister, your brothers. I think in that moment, when I heard that story, I remember just crying. Because yeah. it made me realize why my grandfather was like, nope, he was also fearful. They yeah. were all scared this man who they come don't know and steal me. Right. And Especially by that time, your mom has this track record of these guys that are just terrible. They knew he would have a great chance to probably of get course. a hold of me. Because even when my mom was pregnant and she wanted, she thought about abortion. Mm-hmm. And then my grandparents thought about adopting me. And my mom's like, no, no, no. My grandparents really wanted to adopt me. Wow. And she said, no. They're like, what can we do? 
But they knew with this track record and everything throughout the years that he would have a great chance of being able to get custody of me. Yeah. And then who knows when they would right. see me. Again. Or like they getting custody, but also him being a jerk. You don't. Yeah. yeah you I mean, no look clue. at her track record. That's what I Jesus. mean. Jesus. They're like, who the hell could this guy? <laughs> and, you know, so um, it, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, my God, this I actually, I wasn't crying because I was mad. I was sad. Right. I was sad for my grandparents that they carried this burden with them their whole lives that they possibly, they were part of the reason my mom didn't search for him. Right. And that they were afraid that they were going to lose me. Do you think they realized how it affected you not having a dad around? I think... My grandmother realized it more. My grandmother was a very emotional person. Um, we spoke about emotions more. And I would, you know, she was the lap and the shoulder I would cry on and ball okay. my eyes. She was the person I felt that I could fully be vulnerable and emotional with. And she was my, my cradle. Yeah, she was so, your safe place. Yeah, hands yeah. down. So I think that she understood it. But at the same time, I think they all were living in fear that this this little ginger baby that they always wanted a ginger, and then I came along, we needed to protect her. Right. And they didn't want anything to come in the way of that. Of course. Which, yeah. as an adult, you can understand. You're just like, yeah. And I'm yeah, not even okay. a mother, right? And I can, right. I can get that. Yeah. You know, I could, I understand it. It didn't stop me from being angry and full right. of a mixed bag of emotions. Of course. Okay, so fast forward. Yeah. I remember when you went to go see a psychic. Oh, my God. And this what did crazy. that psychic tell you? This is after Poppy passed. Yeah. So it was almost a year after he had passed. And I just felt this urge. I was like, I need to go talk to somebody. That's so your manifester. I you know. know. It's, you know, such an urge. And what's funny is I didn't even think that he, out of all people, would be the one to come through because he didn't believe in any of this shit. Of course. My grandmother it's was. always that. And my grandmother, like, <laughs> took forever, like, right? years after she passed to finally come, to come through. through. I was like, Jesus, Grandma, like, seriously? Um, so I got there. Driana, you've, you know yeah. her. I mean, this woman is gifted in speaking with angels and she is truly like, I swear, a disciple and a voice of God. It's, yeah. It's nuts. It's like kind of freaky. Yeah. And yeah. I truly believe, you know, people like give spiritual readers such a bad um, rap, mm -hmm. but I mean, there were disciples of Jesus that spoke the right. word of God. Like, why right. can't we have people now that do that? So I was sitting there, she goes, and I felt this cold breeze. Now it was November, so I was like, all right, it's winter, whatever. <laughs> she goes, you know, even me, the inner witch, like, I was a skeptic at this. She's like, you know, when that happens, that means the spirit has entered the room. And I'm like, all right, okay. And she goes, did you have a, a very someone close to you pass, like a, a, a male figure? And I'm just sitting there. She's like, your grandfather? And I'm not saying anything. I'm just right. letting her roll. She goes, pop. Pop, pap, pap, something, pa I go, Pappy. She goes, 
your pappy is here. And I fucking lost Oh, I have goosebumps. I started crying. <laughs> and she's like, oh, he's here. And, you know, he, you can tell that he truly just loves you so much. And, but he, he is adamant. He, he has something to tell you. Oh boy. He needs you to know this. I was like, Jesus, good God. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she goes, he, there's something that your mother is not telling you. And it has something to do with, and right on a piece of paper in front of me, she writes down David. She goes, who's David? He says that he needs you to find David. And I literally, Fee, I felt the blood drain oh from my, my body. I was like, that's my father's name. And he says that your mom knows more than what she's telling you. And he says that you felt that your whole life. And I'm like, yes. I was like, <laughs> Finally, someone right. validated. That's right, Pappy. That's right. And um, so then she just starts writing down all this stuff. She writes down 1979. And like, you know, you know, like they'll write down stuff that may not make sense to you now, but could come. Because Andrea, she just, or Adriana, I'm sorry. She just channels. She and it's like she meditates like, on you, and she's just scribbling on. She this already paper. has a whole bat, like a yeah. whole piece of paper, like right. on you. And, and all like, she, all you give her is your first. Yeah, name. I'm like, are you an FBI yeah. agent? Like what? <laughs> and if you're not, you should level. be. Yeah, she's so, next level. <gasps> I she's just writing down all this stuff, and I'm just trying to take this all in. And you know, then she like went into like more personal things that really definitely validated that it was him. Mm-hmm. And I just was so you leave there. And, you know, you feel like you are so vulnerable because yeah. you're like this person. Your emotions have just gone all over the place. It's like if someone could just, like, open you up mm-hmm. and see everything. That's how you feel when you leave a really good reading. Yep. Because, and it's just, it's wild. It, like, rocks your world. Yeah. Like, your world right there. Like, it was, like, before that reading and after that reading. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Of course, now after it. I'm on a mission to call my mother because I'm like, bitch, I'm coming for you. I am coming for you. And when I sat in the car, I realized I had his wedding ring on and his cardigan. Oh. I was already manifesting it. I was already channeling him. And I didn't even realize. So I called her and I was like, mom, Pappy from the beyond is telling me that you know more. She's like, Tiffany, I swear. You know, she gets very defensive every time. Of course. And I was like, okay. well, And then I was just going through everything the next day. Maybe next day or a couple of days after, I get an email from her. I have this picture. Um, I, I've been trying to look for your dad, and this I've had this picture for like six or eight months of your dad. Excuse what? me. This is the first time I will ever be seeing a photo of him. So I remember wow. I was driving. I pulled over at the side of the highway because I was like, I need to look at this clearly. Well, it's a group photo from the 70s, like late 70s. <laughs> Black so it's all and white. Grainy, yeah. you know, it's all like grainy and like, you know, looks like a psychedelic haze filter over right. it. I'm like, what the, f- how am I supposed to know who this person is? She points it out to me. I'm like, really? This, you know, and you're looking at it and it's not clear and you're like looking for features of yourself. And that really like started the first phase of looking for him which eventually we got a lot of people involved that knew them when they were hot shots. We got a lot of heavy leads to it. 
And then I got so emotionally overwhelmed and I was then started to feel that anger again. I'm like, why am I doing all this? You should be doing it. You're the one who slept with him and didn't get his, you know, social security number before you left. <laughs> like you need to be, and I put it in her hands and then it hit a roadblock. Yeah. And then that was it. It fizzled out. Right. And then the second time. Which it probably wasn't for her to figure out like is probably right. for you and maybe you it know? wasn't the right time of course you know even though it's i think of that like jesus when will be the right time it's like <laughs> i'm in my 30s at this point right you're like so, 35 yeah yep. yeah because then fast forward a couple years i'm at the masters and i have long days but i have a nice gap in the afternoon and i'm sitting there and i'm thinking about my grandfather because he loved golf he always had the masters on like every year so being there was very nostalgic for me thinking like, God, if he was alive, he'd be so, and I was thinking about him and this voice popped in my head and it was my grandfather. And he said, it's time for you to find him. You need to start again. Don't be scared. Oh my God. And I just, I started writing all the things that I remember from the first search, right. all the things that Driana said, all the things that my mom said, call my mom back up. And I was like, okay, what about that? What about, and within like, Two or three days, I collected so much information. Wow, look at that. And I felt this urge inside of me that I, it was like a magnet between mm -hmm. my father and I. And you could feel the energy getting closer and the connection tighter and tighter and tighter. Like I literally could feel it in my gut. Right. And it was just wild to me because I, afterwards, I looked back at my journal and in February of that year of 2018, I said, I will find my father this year. I put it out there. Yep. I knew it in my soul. Yep. That's so your witch vibe coming I came, through. I came back you know, to Connecticut and I was done at the Masters and I connected with, you know, because I was thinking, I was like, when I was at the Masters, I'm like, okay, what other resources? I feel like I can't hit that roadblock again. Mm -hmm. What other resources? I'm like, wait, I did Ancestry. Let me go on there. Because at this point, I now, through all this research, know his last name, which was huge, a potential right. last name. Right. So I'm like, let me go back in. There sitting, I swear, just like on a on a throne was a third cousin match with the same last name and the third cousin's a ginger. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, like this can't, this is like, wait, how, like, how long this has this is been like, sitting here? Right. But I right. just didn't have all the puzzle pieces. Right. So I contact this potential third cousin and I'm telling him the storm like this man's going to think I'm fucking nuts because <laughs> I've already contacted like over a hundred people that match my dad's name. And I got, oh. no, that's not me. Or they would send me a picture and it'd be a black guy. He's like, no, sorry. Like, you know, I'm like, man, I wish. I really was hoping actually, because it would make a lot of sense if I had a little, you know, yeah, of that in me. Culture. Yeah. Yep. God, I wish. Um <laughs> But then he's like, oh, my God, actually, I think I might have found your guy. And this is all happening. I'm back in Connecticut. Yeah. It's days. Oh, like, days. Because I, I remember being at Malexi's salon, our friend, and I was like, Malexi, oh, my God, I got an email. This guy might be my cousin, and I think he might just found my dad. Malexi's like, oh, my goodness, I need to sit down. She's Puerto Rican. <laughs> so you know how she is with her hands. She's like, oh, my goodness, I can't take this. And I'm just like. Is this happening? He sends me a screenshot of my dad's Facebook page. 
Oh my God. But there's no contact info. There's nothing. So I'm on there and I'm looking at this man. And I'm like, I think I see myself in him. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. And then, so I finally, I did some more research and then I found a possible best friend of his. So I call this guy. Now I'm, I'm like cold calling. I'm like a telemarketer <laughs> at this point. Like all in the back of my head, I'm thinking to myself, I could possibly be changing someone's life for the good or for the bad. Right. And that was something I knew going in. I had to be ready for rejection. A hard, yeah, hard rejection. That's so hard. Because think about it, being a child and being rejected by your parent. It's, I, I don't, literally, there are no words. That's like the, it's like death. And for me... I've lost my grandparents. I kind of already feel like I don't have a connection with my mom. So it was a big risk emotionally taking it on and diving headfirst and be like, you know what? At this point, I've survived all this. I can get through this. Mm -hmm. So I talked to, I was at work and I spoke with this best friend and he's telling me, memories and stories and this and that. And I remember getting off and I just sat down in the green room and I just bawled my eyes out. Yeah. You're at work. Cause I was like, and I was with like people that were like, what the hell's going on with her and not close friends. So I felt yeah. very, to be, you know me, I'm not vulnerable around people that yeah. I don't trust. I couldn't help it. It's like the floodgates open. I was like, Oh my God, like that, I possibly just got the phone with my dad, one of my dad's best friends and like hearing memories of him or like from like when they from were, when they young. were yeah. yeah. And just hearing memories that could be about my dad. Of course. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, it was just the closest I had ever been. And then, and get, then, and then, <laughs> and you're part of this because so I, where it gets juicy. Oh, I'm on the couch with Chris one night, a couple of days later after speaking to his, you know, um, best friend from back in the day, I get an email because I had sent emails with the picture saying, hi, I'm trying to, I didn't say oh, why right. you had a, a few names in the area that you thought he lived. Right. Right. So you the had same name. Yeah. People. So yeah. I just, again, cold call and email like a telemarketer Yeah. and just, I would just uh, attach the picture and I would briefly say, hi, I'm looking for so-and-so from Fire Center, 1980, 81. Um, do you recognize the picture? Is this you in the photo? Whatever, whatever. Okay. And didn't say why I'm looking. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> sneaky. Sorry, Dad. Um, and sent it off. I get this email back. And I'll never forget the moment. I'm sitting on the couch with Chris, my husband. And I get, uh, yeah, that's me. Wow, it's been a long time. Why are you asking? And oh I remember, God. yeah, I did not have control over my hands. <laughs> I just started typing. I said, okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like, really, it's like, okay, great. I'm about to fuck up your life and turn it upside down. So I was like, okay, awesome. Like, well, I hate to say this over email, but there's a potential that you may be my father. I mean, my and drop. You send. Send. Mike you dropped sent it. Chris is like, what did you just say? I go, I just, I just sent an email, I think, to my dad. I think I just found my dad. 
And he, he, his mouth like stayed open, I think, for a good hour. You and Chris have been together since college. Yeah. So he's known you your whole adult life. He's known the journey. Like he met my grandparents. Right. Like he, he's yes, been he's through the ups and downs and all of that. Poor man might deserve an award <laughs> by the time he's done with me. Um, yeah. So he's been on the roller coaster. So he's invested, right? So. You know, I did not sleep that night. No. And now I, we work together the, the next, next morning. morning. So I, I had maybe two hours of sleep. Yep. And I you came in looking then, a hot mess. But wait, because it's an early <laughs> shift. So I think I came in like 530. Yep. I sent an email, another email at 4 a.m. because I have not heard back from him. I'm like, I just want to let you know I'm not a crazy person. Here's my Facebook. Here's my Instagram. You guys, I'm, I, don't I don't want, want your money. money. I don't want your money. I just want to know who you are. I just want to know the other half of me. Like, I've just been, I like, I just... I wanted so desperately to just let him know I'm not a fucking psycho. Of course. And I don't want all your money. I don't need your rowdy number to your bank account. Like, yeah. I'm not after that. Yeah. Did he hear anything? So I come into work. <laughs> you know, I'm like... Strung you out. You guys, I'm telling you. And then we have our first talent in the chair for the morning. And I wasn't doing her makeup, so I'm sitting there telling her whole story, and and she's just like, Nicole's like, oh my God, like, what yeah. is happening? This is wild. And as we're speaking about it, ding! Mm-hmm. inbox and I'm like oh my god you guys <laughs> he responded and I think the world just stopped and we all stopped what and we were I doing. started reading the first sentence and that first sentence solidified if where it was gonna go yeah and I saw the first the first seconds of my life change because I saw that it was gonna go and the best, and I got, I just started crying and I gave the phone to you. I was like, can you read this? Cause I was just sobbing. I literally not crying. Like <laughs> I was sobbing, fucking sobbing. Yeah. Like you couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, I couldn't. It's like, I, I honestly, in my head, it's like, I almost was transformed and rewound back to that little girl that was just so curious and like wondering who this person was and to be able to like go back and say, it's going to be okay. Like you don't have to worry. Right. Like this is going to work out. That puzzle came together. And I remember you reading it and I just, I, I was just sobbing. I couldn't, I couldn't grasp what was happening. It's like one of those surreal moments that you're just like, is this a movie or is this my life or what is happening? The thing is that email, his kindness, and his compassion. I, I'm an ice queen and I was You were crying. crying. I know. I, I was, was crying. Even got feet. And then everybody's <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? Why are these bitches crying in the makeup room? But it was so, it was everything you would have wanted that email to be. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you've had to deal with this. I had no idea. He's such a kind man. The and kindest person I've ever met. The toughest part for me and I will not try to get emotional right now, is I just, I wanted my grandparents to know it was going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. That was a tough part. I wish they could have been there for that moment to be like all those fears that you had. Like, you don't have to worry about it because he's a good man. Right. And that that was a part that I think was really tough for me. And that was... I just wanted to have, I wanted to share it with them because I know that they were always so concerned. And I, you know, I spoke to him that night and I just was like, like it was such a, and I was like on a high, I was on a high and it wasn't, 
I, I actually, to this day, have not been emotional around him. Well, we did see Lady Gaga's uh, Stars Born together, and I cried like a baby, <laughs> so he saw that. But about the situation, I actually have not... I don't... I haven't... It's not that I ha- don't want to open myself up to him like that. It, I just don't feel that way around him. I feel right. so happy. Right. It's like that need to like be emotional and purge and all that around him. It's like... I don't even want to waste a single second being like that because I'm just so happy that he's actually here. Yeah. So, and honestly, part of that is because of all, you know, you did a lot of work on yourself internally, a lot of self-development up until that point. Like, yeah. So that when your dad did come into your life, like it was at the perfect timing. Like I was you, in a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you had gotten, <laughs> you had gotten through and healed a lot of parts of yourself. Whereas had you been younger and not as evolved, oh, like God. you probably, it would have been a, a, a very different experience. I and think. my mom is more like at a stable level too. Like mm-hmm. she has, you know, her own life and she's not, she's been clean for decades and, you yeah. know, I would have, it would have been so hard to like find him, bring him into that whole. Of course. I mean, come on. Especially because he's literally like the sweetest guy. guy. (laughs) I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Like there has to like, did you kill squirrel when you were younger? Like anything? Yeah. And even like your stepmom, like he, so, I mean, I'm so happy. Like that was the biggest thing. I'm like, Obviously, what are the, you know, that chances are very high that he has a family of his own. Right. That he's married. Other children. Come to find out he is married, never had kids of his own, has a stepdaughter. And all of them are so amazing and welcoming. And I couldn't be more thankful for that. Because, listen, as a woman. As a wife. As a wife. You see some other chick (laughs) trying to come in and be, you're my dad. You We'll probably get nervous. Yeah. You are used to what your life is like. Of course. And now another female energy is coming in and you're like, whoa, pump the brakes. What's happening? (laughs) But she has been so amazing. I feel so blessed for that. And I will say like from the moment, like talking to him first and then finally getting the paternity test was the longest week of my ever loving life. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I mean, come on. And I was actually by myself when I got it and I just, I was scrolling up and I saw the nine, nine, nine. And I literally, I mean, I know I'm dramatic, but I dropped my knees because (laughs) I couldn't hold myself up. Yeah. But I knew, I knew the moment I heard his voice for the first time over the phone. I remember hanging up and I looked at Chris, I'm like, that's my dad. I know it. It was so wild. That was like the wildest two weeks of... Your life, my life, like anyone who was with you during that time. Because it was literally like you were just like, I'm going to find my dad. And then like two weeks later, like you found him. All I'm going to say is the book is going to be real good, which is in the making. (laughs) But the book is going to be, I mean, I might have to apologize to a few people, but. (laughs) Hey, it is what it is. Actually, no, I won't. No apologies. <laughs> You're just owning it. I'm just going to own, own it. it. It's Get just over part it. of the journey. It's, yeah. not, it's not about like somebody doing something wrong. Like even all this reflection, like your mom was going through her stuff. Like, yeah. you know, as a mom, you can only do the best that you can do. Like it is what it is. Yeah. You know, you can't really sit here and blame people. It's easier to blame them. Right. It's harder to have compassion, but it just, it is what it is. Girl. Yeah. We all have to like kind of cut each other, like ourselves a break. Mm-hmm. You know, 
That's just what it is. Yeah. And I will say though, there's been a, a, a whole nother journey happening within myself though, with forgiving my mom. Yeah. And getting, mending that relationship. And I am not the best at it. I will admit I'm not good at it. I need to be better. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated and then I'm like, fuck you. Like, don't want to deal with it. Yep. And it's not like I get to talk to my dad every day either. He right. lives on the other side of the country. You know, the whole texting and social media that he's not, that's just not his vibe. Yeah. So it's hard. There's kind of a strong disconnect and I wish I could have more. Yeah. But I think it's us being more proactive and making the resources that we do have work for a benefit because that's just reality. Of course. And um, sometimes I forget that I found him. Yeah. Because we're a country apart. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's right. That happened. Whoa. <laughs> and it's just, it's wild. And what was really funny is I was lucky enough to meet him. And you guys have such similar, like, personalities Yo. and interests. It's and it crazy. was just so funny. It's crazy. Like, I am a makeup artist. And he is, a pa- like, is so talented painting. Yep. He's worked in TV and film in the past. Which, I work in TV. Yep. And I'm like, is this, is this real? Like right. there's some, it's really true. Some things are just in your DNA. Yeah. Even like how you are. your sense of adventure. Like there is, a, I'll never forget that photo that, of him standing at the edge of a cliff, looking over, like about to fall off. And then there's the same picture of you, like at a different <laughs> cliff. And yeah. it's like, you guys are the same. You're well, so similar. It's so funny. It's so amazing too. Cause he says that I remind him a lot of his grandmother who was a ginger interesting and she loved national parks and she was like you know what yeah this idea we're gonna go do it right she just made it happen and she was like a fire pistol he's like you remind me and he had such a close relationship with his grandmother special so you know it's hearing these stories and seeing pictures i'm like wow that's my other family like well that's the whole thing it's like you have this whole other family now like you have a third cousin in kansas city right yep i have all these people and i'm just like what is happening so so cool it's it's crazy as a little girl like i know you you kind of knew in your head like you said earlier like oh i'm gonna find my dad but could could you ever imagine what it would have felt like no because i think I didn't understand so many elements about myself and layers about myself or just mm-hmm. life in general. It was just fear. Okay. I think I was so fearful of being rejected. Of course. Because I, and it too, you know, it came with my mom's relationships. She put kind of men before me. Mm-hmm. So I was so afraid that I was not going to be first. Yeah. That I, that he was going to reject or me yeah. and it was going to be horrible. Um, so, and that's why I would just go to my imagination. My imagination was my happy spot because I could, you know, manifest this world in my head that it would work out to be okay. Right. And it would be perfect. Right. And I think that kind of worked against me going into my adulthood because I felt a very disconnect of, from reality because mm-hmm. I would create this whole fantasy in my head. Yeah. And but I would try to survive. Yeah. It was my yeah. survival skill. It truly was. And I'm not even making an excuse. It really was. And I think that's why I'm not as fucked up as you would think once you hear all the stories. <laughs> but I, you know, I really had to retrain myself 
going into adulthood to break those habits. Yeah. And really live in reality. Yeah. And live in the moment and be present. And with, you know, just human connection with friends, with family, with, you know, my husband, all of that. Yeah. I really wanted to just run away from it and live this fantasy. Yeah. And so the toughest part is to know our faults and know the things that make us maybe not, you know, the best at life to know them, accept them, learn from them because there's all lessons within them and release them. Yeah. And we have the ability to change it. Yeah. And, you know, so many people say to me, well, given like your childhood and how you grew up, like I would always say, listen, there are other children that went through worse things than me. Of course. Because there are. I'm very fortunate in many aspects to have some awesome and amazing families and people in my life. Um, but I, I have a huge pet peeve about when people use how they grew up as their crutch. Well, that's just what I knew that that's all. It's right. just, I'm like, nope. For Not me, good enough. Yeah. If that were the case, then I should have been pregnant when I was young into drugs, mm-hmm. let a man beat the shit out of me. Yep. Like all those things. I was like, we have the ability to change it. Of course. It takes a lot of strength to do it. it it's tough. I'm not saying it's easy because it's, it's not. And so you have to, but you just have to be willing to like dive into that. Yep. That's the tough work. <laughs> That's the tough that work. is the tough and work. And it's a constant, right? Evolution. It's like evolution. Yeah. It's, we are always trying to learn from ourselves. So of the course. day we die. Of if course. you say that I don't have anything to learn, then you're a liar. I'm you're, sorry. You're in that fantasy land. You're in, yeah, yeah, Tiffany's fantasy land. <laughs> roller coaster, <laughs> like at the Big E carnival, just like, hey. hey. Yeah, no, then you're, yeah. So we're constantly learning. And I've learned so much from, I mean, listen, I've learned so much from you, from things that you've gone through. I've learned so much watching my mom, all these other people. Of or course. people that have had perfect, quote unquote, perfect lives. Yep. No such thing. No such thing. <laughs> I've learned, you know, if we can't learn from one another and take just a moment to try to see it from that other person's point of view or their struggle or where it's rooted, then I really think that we're doing ourselves a disadvantage. Yeah. And we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Yep. I always thought crying or being vulnerable was a sign of weakness. I now see it as the biggest sign of strength that Amen. a person could possibly have. Amen. And that's how you come into your power. Yeah. That's how you come into who you are and being comfortable with who you are by being vulnerable. Yep. And yeah. And I think that's like where we end this because that was perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> no, but really your story to me is so fascinating. Like you just said, you know, if you were to look on a piece of paper, your life should have looked a lot differently than what it looks. You're probably the one of of the most hardworking and genuine people I know. Like you're my person. If I always say to my husband, John, I'm like, I can be my 100% true self with Tiffany. Vice versa. I don't have to put on a show. I don't have, to, I could be sad. I could be happy. I could be mad and it's always okay. And to me, that's what I'm so grateful for. And I love that. And I appreciate you saying that. Cause yeah. I think, I, I mean, I, enjoy watching people try to put on a show because I'm like, go ahead. You're going to be exhausted by the end of the day, but this is what you feel like you need to do. Go ahead. Yeah. Because I fully feel at this point in my life, 
I can be a hundred percent just if I don't like you, then you know I'm just gonna sit there and just do my own thing. Yeah. If I'm into you, you're gonna know it. Yep. And I'm not gonna apologize for it anymore because I don't think any of us should. No. Why we shouldn't force ourselves to feel um, differently than how we organically really feel. Right. As and it goes back to another. what you were saying earlier about like trusting your instincts and knowing what you want to do or who you are. I just think if you're in a relationship with someone and I'm not granted, I am not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, but you, again, you learn from them. But now in this moment, I feel I can just be like, yeah, I'm not, it, I'm not into you. Yep. And it's okay. It's not a sign of disrespect. I'm just trying to be honest. Yeah. People can't take honesty fee. No. People, they because like you know it. what? It makes them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and again, if you're not, if you're not willing to be vulnerable and uncomfortable, then whew, this life can be a long ride for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it's is. hard. It's hard because it's hard to feel safety in that, you know, but I think it goes, it comes down to surrounding yourself with people who you can trust, people who you can be your full self And that with. challenge you. Yeah. And that check challenge you. you and check you and be like, hey, friend. Challenge you, check you, <laughs> accept you. Yep. And help you grow. And, and yeah, allow yeah. you room to grow, release, yeah. heal, all yeah. those things. And just know yeah. that it's an evolution. It's going to change. And that's just till the day you die. For real. Well, thanks for having me. This I'm is so amazing. Excited. I loved it. I, love I feel like I need to go like um, have a drink because I feel like this is like a therapy session. Yeah, too, a little so. bit, huh? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> well, thank you, friend. Love, love you so you. much. That's going to wrap up our interview with Tiffany. Tiff, thank you so much for being on the show. I love you and I appreciate our friendship more than you could ever know. If you guys want to learn more on how you can connect with Tiffany, I'm going to link everything for you. So make sure to check out the show notes. I appreciate you all listening so much. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it for you to subscribe and to share it with a friend. By you spreading the word, it really allows for the podcast to grow and for me to bring you new content and new guests every week. I also want to give a little shout out to all the patrons who are supporting the show each and every month with their contributions. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for your continued support. You guys can follow along with me at Clarity Through Chaos Podcast on Instagram and Patreon and my website, ClarityThroughChaosPodcast.com. All right, that's all I got for you guys this time. Catch you next week.